your pastors. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And we're going to let the kids be dismissed to Sunday school. All the kids that are what you're starting at 7 and up, brother. 3 to 12 upstairs? 3 to 12 upstairs. All right. And uh, who's, are you teaching the class today, Brother Willoughby? Okay, and what age do you have? 12 and up. Okay, and we'll go up a little bit higher so the older kids can get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, last week we cut off a few 14-year-olds. It wasn't good. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, the book of St. Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. And uh, I'm going to try not to preach too long, but I feel uh, very strong about what I'm going to preach today. And uh, oddly enough, I don't feel like I have uh, the notes I would like to have, but I do feel the burden for what I have to preach. And so I'm just going to try to let God use me, but um, we'll get into this in just a second, but there's definitely get this may not feel like it's for everyone, and, uh, and you'll see why in a minute, but I think that uh, this is something everybody needs to hear, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know why. Luke chapter 1, we'll begin at verse number 16, and uh, what's going on here is that Zacharias is in the temple. And he is receiving a prophetic word from an angel. And the angel tells him that his wife Elizabeth, who is the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is going to have a child. And Elizabeth is already an older woman and beyond childbearing age. And she's never had a child. But the angel tells her she's going to have a child. And then the angel tells her that this child is going to have a ministry and a message. And he tells him in Luke 1 and 16, And many of the children of Israel will return to the Lord their God. And look at verse number 17. And he, speaking of John the Baptist, will go before him, speaking of Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And I want to preach to you out of that particular wording in that verse, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The word father there is not, in, uh, is not being used in the, uh, in the strict sense of gender, but in the generic sense of parents. It's when it says fathers, it's not just talking about dads. It's talking about mom and dads. And it says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And I'm going to preach to you for just a few moments this morning on this subject, turning our hearts towards our children. Turning our hearts towards our children. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we give you glory and honor for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. Lord, I pray that you would use me today, God, to speak to every person that's walked through the doors of East Bay Bible Fellowship. 
Lord, I thank you for your people. They're a wonderful people. Your name is upon them and your grace is with them. Lord, I pray that you would use me this morning to preach as the oracle of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and someone shout amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> you may be seated. In our text this morning, we are reading a prophecy that is describing the ministry and the message of John the Baptist. John is the cousin of Jesus. He is older than Jesus by six months. But he is also chosen by the Spirit to announce that Jesus, the Savior of humankind, will soon step on the stage and act as the Messiah. Announcing Jesus' arrival is not as easy as it may sound. This is not just a matter of John standing on the street corner and telling people Jesus is coming soon. Because what John was told to say by God was not what people wanted to hear. And we hear precisely what John's message is when he's questioned about it. And John says of himself in Luke 3 and 4 that he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Amen. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John's message was not only unexpected, it sounded unachievable. Fill up valleys, level mountains and hills, straighten crooked paths, and when you're done doing that, Make sure they're smooth. None of these things sounds easy. John's message is one of hard work. And given the fact that he is attaching a deadline to it, the coming of the Lord, means that there's also going to be a lot of stressful work being done. But it's what must be done in preparation for the coming of Jesus. I want to submit to you this morning that John is telling people, that, were, that it was time to begin the spiritual and emotional work of keeping their families together. This is exactly what our opening text said John would preach. Under God's anointing and direction, John preached to parents that they were to turn their hearts back towards their children. I want you to notice that he did not say the reverse. He did not say that it was time for children to turn their hearts back towards their parents. Although children are capable of not loving, respecting, and caring for their parents, that during the days of John the Baptist, something disturbing was taking place and grabbing a hold of God's people. Parents were turning their hearts away from their children. And we know this is so because it's the message that was being preached in the days of John the Baptist and in the days of Jesus. The people of Israel had become bitterly divided into different religious fractions and sects, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, and others. Many of these sects were so hostile about their doctrines that they encouraged parents to break ties with their children, 
And this was one of the reasons that John's message was not well received. Because as far as everyone was concerned, the work that needed to be done in their family was just as hard as filling up a valley. It was just as hard as leveling a mountain or a hill. It was just as hard as straightening out a crooked road and then making it smooth. They knew just how divided their families had become. And they knew that to sit down at the dinner table and talk things out was going to be some hard work. And they knew that making things right with their children and keeping attached to their children and not letting anything divide them from their children was going to be very hard to do. And so the reason they did not want to listen to John's preaching is because they were catching the rift of what he was trying to say. They were catching the heart and the crux of the matter. John is asking us, amen, to make things right with our kids, and we're not ready to do that. Today, I want to preach to you that the same God that urged John to tell parents to turn their hearts back towards their children is telling us today to do the same thing. Amen. It is time that the church realize that we are too far, amen, into the last days, that we should be turning our hearts on our children, that we should be turning our hearts away from our children. One of the reasons that we sat here, uh, amen, in this congregation for several weeks and taught on parenting is because we see that this is a very real problem in the world today. And it's not a problem that's going away anytime soon. And the church has to be a place that encourages parents. Amen. Keep your hearts towards your children. Amen. Don't turn your heart towards your house. Don't turn your heart towards your car. Don't turn your heart, amen, hallelujah, towards your job. Don't turn your heart towards your education. Turn your heart towards your children and keep it there. Turn your heart towards your kids. Turn your heart towards God and keep it there. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3 and 1 through 3, he says, in the last days, perilous times will come and people will be without natural affection. I'm telling you this is the message of the hour amen this was not just good for john's day this is good for our day amen john amen looked on what was happening in the spirit and he said jesus is coming soon and god told him hallelujah get the families together i'm telling you when you know that jesus is coming soon amen the first order of the day is get your family together the first order of the day is start praying for the kids the first order of the day is love your kids the first, come on, I'm preaching to some, hallelujah, amen, I'm telling you there's a spirit that's loose these days, in these last days, that's trying to get folks to stop loving on their kids the way they need to love on their kids. There's folks, amen, hallelujah, that when they make decisions, they don't consider, amen, the effects it's going to have on their children. And I know you young folk and you single folk, you need to hear this too because there's coming a day, amen, when you might have children of your own and you don't want to wait until then to figure out that you should be loving your kids, praise God. And some of you may never have kids, amen, hallelujah, but you can help us keep kids in the kingdom. You can help us love people, amen, into the kingdom. You can help us. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, amen. Amen. It's too easy to look at this verse about the last days, amen, and not allow it to arrest our attention, especially when you consider the many things, 
Amen. Who we will all, who we all of us, who all of us will have to suffer living in the last days. Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. That's a whole lot more dramatic than take your kid to the park. Jesus said there'll be pestilence. We're living in it right now. That's a whole lot more dramatic than sit down and read a book to the kids. It's getting quiet on me, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus said, amen, hallelujah, that in the last days, praise God, nations shall rise against nation. That word nation is ethnos, where we get the word ethnicity. He says there'll be race wars. Race wars is a lot more dramatic, amen, than spend time with your children. Pray for your children. Keep loving on your children. I know, and I'm, I'm a victim of it just like you are. It's too easy to think, what do you mean, love my children? I pay the rent. I pay the mortgage. I pay the lease. I pay for the groceries. I work. I'm tired. Amen. I'm, I'm doing the best I can to support them. How, how do you think I would do that for somebody I don't love? That's not what the scripture is talking about here. The, that's the stuff we should be doing. Guess what? We're not going to get points for doing what you're supposed supposed to be doing amen hallelujah amen we're supposed to work we're supposed to pay the rent we're supposed to pay the mortgage we're supposed to pay the lease we're supposed to love the kids that's you you don't get no brownie points but where the brownie points do come is not just when you're paying for the rent amen hallelujah but you're making the sacrifice to come home tired whooped and and and, and weary and say you know what i'm gonna sit down and read a book with my kid i'm not gonna update my facebook account i'm I'm not going to double check Instagram. I'm not going to I'm not going to download one more email right now. I'm going to sit here with the daughter God gave me. I'm going to sit here with the son God gave me. Amen. And I'm not going to let my heart turn away from them. I'm not going to come on. I'm telling you right now we're living in a day and an age. Amen. Where everything that's going around around uh, going on around us is trying to get our hearts to turn away from our children. We can't let it happen. That's why we're having church on the 31st. Praise God for the kids. That's why we're going to keep having Sunday school. That's why we're going to keep on trying to pray them through. Praise God. We need them to love the Lord, and we need you to love them. Hallelujah. I don't want to lose our kids. Amen. I don't want to get so fixed on end-time prophecy that I forget I got some little kids I got to raise. I don't want to get so fixed on what's going on. Amen. Races fighting. Economies. I'm telling you, if the whole world falls apart, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to stand right here holding my kids' hands. Praise God, if the world falls apart, I'm not going to stop loving my kids. It's the kids God gave me. I'm loving them, and I'm loving them with all I got. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise right now. Oh, come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a great temptation in our hour to disconnect from our kids. There's all kinds of stuff that wants to get in the middle of us and our children. Let's just put let's just put all the obvious stuff on the shelf. The technology. The expense of living in the Bay Area. Let's just put all that aside. There are some of us that are letting our own hang-ups get in the middle of us loving our kids. We are still so concerned. Amen. About stuff going on in our personal life that we find it hard to come home and connect and turn our hearts towards our children. I, I, I don't mean this to sound mean. 
and I don't want to be mean. And I pray today, God, don't let me be mean. But some of us are still so caught up, and we're adults with kids, and we're still trying to get our mother's love, and we're still trying to get our father's love. Amen. And, and, we, and, it, and our mom can call us, and our dad can text us, and it throws us so out of whack that we don't even want to talk to our own kids. I am telling you, it's just time to embrace the fact that it's possible your mom's just never going to love you. Honey, you're 45. If she ain't loved you yet, she ain't going to change anytime soon. Because if you're 45, that means she's 75. She, she just set in her ways. I'm sorry. I, I hate to break it to you. But you got some kids that are looking to you wondering if you're going to love them. You got some kids looking at you wondering, come on. Hey, bro, I'm just here to let you know if your dad ain't calling you, he ain't calling. Praise God. You just need a move on past it and you need to be the dad your father never was amen hallelujah there's just days we learn from our parents what to do and then there's days we learn from our parents what not to do and you need to take notes on both when it comes time to learn what not to do make sure you don't do it commit your, be, you you know i'm telling you you don't have to have a great dad to be a great dad you don't have to have a great mom to be a great mom amen you can connect come on hey i'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little bit more fire. Amen. You don't gotta have a great past. Amen. To be a great mom, you don't have to have a great past to be a great dad. You don't have to. You don't have to have money to be a great mom. Some of you ain't helping me preach right now. You know what it is to be raised by poor parents and life was still good because at the end of the day it's not the money that makes things better at the end of the day come on hallelujah some of y'all know what it is amen to live so cramped in a house that every room's a living room praise god everybody's sleeping everybody amen hallelujah and you grew up perfectly normal by and large hallelujah i'm telling you right now there ain't nothing wrong with having a little house there ain't nothing wrong with being a little broke there ain't nothing wrong amen hallelujah we're not being able to take the there ain't nothing wrong with having to go to, amen, hallelujah, Great America versus Disneyland. Praise God. Throw sandwiches up at Great America. Praise God. You do you and you be a great mom. Praise God. Don't let the lack of money. Don't let the lack of finances. Don't let the lack of education. Don't let the lack. Come on. Hey, you don't need two cars to be great parents. I say you don't need two cars to be great parents. You don't need, come on somebody, you could be a great mom or dad. You know, at the end of the day, the thing your kids want is they want you. Amen. But God is asking East Bay Bible Fellowship a question. Do you want them? Hallelujah. Are you so stressed out? Are you so overwhelmed? Are you so distracted? Are you so upset? Are you so hung up? Amen. That your kids are noticing you're not, you're not connecting. That your kids, amen, have to pull on your sleeve once, twice, three times, four times before you finally answer them we got to get away from that it's it's not a joke it's a serious spirit amen it's after you it's after come on I, i'm i'm oh somebody give god some praise right now hallelujah oh come on come on i really feel god talking to us right now can we lift our hands and just pray for one moment hallelujah thank you jesus Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, God, turn our hearts back towards our children. Oh, God, turn our hearts back towards our children. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey. 
Before I go any further in this message, there are parents here. And listen, you don't, it, don't, it don't even have to be an adult child. You can get like this with a little kid. You want that kid to turn their heart towards you. And God sent me here to tell you, it ain't going to happen like that. You turn first. You turn first and you turn towards them, even when they're ungrateful, even when they're being nasty, even when they're in trouble, even when they're a mess, even when they're not listening, you turn your heart towards them. And I'm telling you, there'll come a day, and don't you tell me this won't happen. It will happen. I rebuke every lying voice of hell in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it may take a while, but when you turn your heart back towards that child, and you keep your love on them, and you keep praying for them, and you keep weeping over them, and you keep hugging them, and you keep touching them and you keep caressing them and you keep speaking life into them quit speaking death on your child speak life to the come on I'm preaching to somebody the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue I'm preaching to some parents right now you need to walk up to your child and you you need to let them know eyeball to eyeball child you're gonna be a man of God you're gonna be a woman of God you're gonna be a good righteous person you're gonna succeed in life you're gonna be great you're gonna be awesome I'm telling you right now and it ain't because you're my son. It's because God loves you. It's because I feel the Holy Ghost. It's because God is with you. And hey man, if God be with you, son, who can be against you? And if God is with you, daughter, some of you think he don't even understand. He don't need to understand. You just need to go ahead and send out that energy his way. You need to send those vibes his way. You need to let your child know I got a mood and my mood is blessed and you're going to be blessed and the fruit of my womb will be blessed and you, son, will be blessed. You will you will prosper, you will succeed, you will flourish, you will be the head and not the tail. You will come on. You'll have children and they will serve the Lord. Come on, hallelujah. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, come on. Dios no está hablando. Hallelujah. God's talking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It takes no effort to criticize a kid. Kids are easy to tear apart. You keep asking, why are you doing that? He don't know. She don't know. You ain't getting an answer. They don't know. But let me give you an answer. They're seven. They're ten. They're twelve. Now, if he's forty, yeah, you, yeah, you, you work that out. But... Hey, but you know what does take effort? Don't ask why they're doing it. Get up right beside them and turn your heart towards them and say, let me show you how to do that next time. I'm not getting a lot of... See, see, church don't want to do that. Church want to shout. Church want to shout, go home, and then shout out the kids. That's not how we do things around here. We're living in the last days. Perilous times shall come. The Bible says that it says that, that parents will lose natural affection. But he doesn't even stop there. You know what else he says? He said men will be truce breakers. You know what a truce breaker is? It's somebody that's in a covenant that breaks covenant. And Paul is saying, you, in case you don't know this, you are in a covenant with your child. You are a covenant partner with your child. And there is such a temptation even in the church today for parents. 
parents to break covenant with their children. You have a covenant with that son. You have a covenant with that daughter. I'm telling you right now, you need to stand beside them in covenant. And you, here's the good news. You have a covenant with God. And God is saying, I'm going to stand by you. You need to take all that blessing, all that favor, all that grace, and stand by that kid. Amen. Hallelujah. And you need to love on them. And you need to come. You need to cherish them. It's the uh, We said it in parenting class. I'm going to say it again. Children are not a responsibility. They are, they are our assignment. Uh, we got a job to do. Amen. With little Nelly. We got a job to do with little Johnny. We got a job to do. Come on. God is watching you. God is what you. Everybody thinks God's going to judge them on whether or not they ever stole. Everybody thinks God is going to judge them. Amen. On how good they got along with everybody on the job. Let me tell you, when you get to heaven, God's going to be asking one question. Where are your kids? Uh, where are your kids? Uh, how are they living? Uh, did you take your assignment serious? Come on, somebody. This is flesh of your flesh. Bone of your bone. Come on. Oh, let's get. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. I'm not going to preach long, but God's talking to us. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands? I really feel like God's about to talk to us in just a few moments. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Senor. Oh, Jesus. God told me, God told me to preach this message because there are people that are having problems with their children and your heart is turning away from them. And God loves you enough to send this pastor to tell you, do not turn your heart away from your child. Turn your heart towards your child. I don't care if that's not your biological son or daughter. I don't, I'm telling you right now, if they're adopted, I don't care. I don't care how they came up under your roof. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, you assume the role. You assume the position of covenant partner with that child. And you go ahead and walk with that child and walk with Jesus and make something out of them. Praise God. Amen. I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, speak life over them. Pray blessings over them. Amen. Walk them in the ways of the Lord. Teach them the right ways. Help them. Come on. Hey. Bible tells us in the book of Genesis. Hey, I'm, I'm just, let me tell you something. God is pro-family. God is pro-family. God loves the family. The family is God's design. That's not man's invention. That's God's design. Jesus, God manifested in flesh, could have come into the earth a million different ways. He could have just appeared. He could have just come down out the clouds. That's not what he did. He said, I'm going to manifest myself through a family. I am going to live in a home with a mother and a father. I'm going to be born of a woman. And we don't know, but it looks like Joseph died really quick after Jesus was born. And I'm telling you right now, he was raised by a single mother and a house full of kids. Maria did not stay a virgin, in case you don't know. She had a bunch of kids. 
kids are gone, so I could talk like that. I'm just letting you know. She had kids. Jesus had brothers and sisters. And he was the oldest brother. And as early as we could tell, they see, back then, they put kids to work right away. Jesus worked, supported his mother, supported his family. Live like a man. Live like some of you live. Live like some of us live. That's the way God said. God said, I'm coming through that. Family don't need to be perfect. I'm perfect. And I'm going to manifest myself through the family. Hey, let me tell you something about God. We, we, we preached here a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now, over 36 weeks ago now. Amen. We preached a message. Some of you were here. Some of you probably heard it called Under the Flag and Facing the Tabernacle. In the days of the tribes of Israel, every tribe had a family flag. And, and when they, they, they had been so messed up by slavery that they didn't even know who their family members were. Amen. Because let me tell you something. One of the things that slavery does is it breaks up the home. Amen. Same thing goes when you're living enslaved to sin. Sin breaks up the home. And God said the first thing we need to do is get everybody together. And he said the way we're going to do that. He said I want you to get a flag and put the family name on it. Then put that thing in the ground. And if that's your last name, that's where you got to go. Amen. And the children of Israel begin to assemble under their flags. And he said here's the job of every family. Get under the flag and face the tabernacle. In other words, amen, get the families together and then keep your eyes on Jesus. But can I tell you that before God ever did that, he did something even more amazing. When the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, they found themselves confronted by a group of, by, by a tribe called the tribe of Anak. Amen. Anak means people of big necks. Amen. But they were giants. Amen. And they had to fight the tribes of Anak. Amen. And they defeated the tribes of Anak. But you know what Moses did? He made an altar. And on that altar, amen, he began to pray. And when he lifted up his hands, he began to prophesy. And he said, the name of this territory will now be called Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. Amen. You know, you know why he's saying that? Because when the children of Israel came out from Egypt, he, what God was saying is, I'm going to put a flag in the ground and y'all are my kids everybody come this way I am Jehovah Nisi I am your banner you got my name on you hey I'm telling you right now you don't even need to come from a perfect family you're God's child praise God and because you're God's child he'll help you raise your child I'm preaching to somebody right now you don't need to come from an educated family you're God's child and because you're God's child you can make sure that your child come on somebody you need to start getting visions of you watching your child graduate your child go to college your child come out blessed not to support you not to pay your bills amen but to be all that God wants them to be so that they could shine for Jesus so that they can give God come on you're part of the family of God hallelujah oh let's praise Jesus right now this is not part of my message You know, Abraham, he made a sacrifice to God one day. He had all kinds of animals, and he divided them. But there were some little animals, birds. He wouldn't divide those. He kept those together. Because there's some stuff, even in a sacrifice, you don't divide. There's some stuff, in fact, if you divide it, it ain't a sacrifice. Your sacrifice is null and void. 
God, don't receive it. I'm telling you, when you begin to divide from your children, when you begin to separate from the little ones, when you, when you, begin, to, when you begin to tear your family apart, don't tell me that you're doing it for Jesus. You ain't doing nothing for Jesus. You need to sit down and listen to Jesus again because he's saying, turn your heart back towards your children. Praise God. It, it, I'm telling you, you void your sacrifice. You void your sacrifice. Praise God. You void, I, and I know some of us have had to make some sacrifices for work. That's fine. Praise God. But don't get in the habit of sacrificing so much that you sacrifice the kids in the process. Don't get in the habit of sacrificing so much that you end up dividing the home. Praise God. Because God won't receive your sacrifice. If you want your sacrifice to be blessed, keep the little ones together. If you want your sacrifice to be blessed, stay connected to your children. If you want your sacrifice to be blessed, come on, somebody. You know, Abraham wasn't perfect. And I'm, I'm almost done preaching. Abraham wasn't perfect. But Abraham had a dad heart. You could convince Abraham to do anything if you just told him that there was family involved. His name, Abba, Abba Abraham, means father. He was just in dad land all day. And he didn't even have kids. He didn't even have kids, but he had a dad hat. You know, he walked a lot, so I don't think he had a dad body. <laughs> but one day his wife said, look, God told us we're going to have kids. We're not having them. I want to show you how much God wants parents to stick to their kids. So she convinces Abraham to have an illicit relationship with her servant, Hagar. And Abraham does it. And he did it because he was promised he'd have a child. And when that child is born, his name is Ishmael, crazy man. Ish means man in Hebrew. Ish, Ishmael means crazy man. He was He was wild. God finally completes the promise. And he actually gives Sarah a son named Isaac. And Ishmael starts picking on Isaac. Ishmael was wild. He was bad. He was not a good kid. I will not even tell you what most biblical scholars believe that Ishmael was doing to Isaac. I won't even tell you. But it wasn't good. And there's language that hints towards what he was doing to Isaac. I'm just letting you know. The family was a mess. It was a mess. And God steps in. And God says, get rid of the woman and her son. You know, God didn't say, you know what, Abraham, the woman's all right. Just get rid of the kid. God said, the woman and the child must go. They have to stay together. And the Bible says that Hagar goes out into the desert, in the wilderness. Abraham gave them all he could give them. He said, you have to go. You can't stay here. He loads them up. He sends them out. And the Bible says that they ran out of water. And Hagar throws Ishmael under a bush because he's going to die. They've ran out of water. Throws him under a bush, and the Bible says she ran a stone's throw 
And that's far. You know, these are Bible people. They knew how to throw rocks. They didn't throw like rocks like you throw them. They <laughs> I see some of y'all try to throw rocks. Yeah. These people could throw rocks. She went far. She didn't. What mother, even with a bad kid, wants to watch their child suffer? And she was convinced, God has forsaken me. God has forsaken me. My, my child is disobedient. He's unmanageable. He doesn't listen. He's doing weird stuff. I don't even know where he learned it. He's hurting other kids. And now here we are in the middle of a desert. And he may not be everyone else's favorite child, but he is mine. And I can't stand to sit here and watch him suffer. And she says, I'd rather run the farthest I can run than to hear him cry. And the Bible says that the lad, speaking of Ishmael, says he began to cry. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord heard him. And the angel of the Lord moved towards Haggai, towards uh, Hagar. And he said, Hagar, he said, what's the problem? And she said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna perish. We have no resources. It's over. I'm in this situation because of my son. I'm in this situation. I, I can't do anything about it. My hands are tied, and now we're left here to, to perish in the wilderness. And the angel, I want you to notice what the angel did. With all crooked, messed up, suspended three times in one year, Ishmael. I want you, he says, he'll be a mighty man. He'll be a mighty man. He'll be a mighty hunter. He'll be blessed. He will not die. He will live. He will conquer. He, and, I, and I know Ishmael's not a very popular figure in the Bible, but let me tell you, God still spoke life over that child. And God said, I want you to look at the ground now. She looked down on the ground and water started coming out the ground. He said, now go get the boy and give him something to drink. Why are you preaching this, Pastor Prado? I am preaching this to a mom right now who has a troubled child. Let me tell you, I don't care how bad that kid is. You keep praying for that kid. I don't care how messed up that kid is. You keep praying for that kid. I don't care how much trouble that kid gets you in. I don't care how bad the situation gets. And I know that sometimes everybody's losing patience on the kid. And perhaps it's a grandchild. And perhaps it's a daughter. Perhaps it's a son. Whatever the circumstance may be. Amen. I just want you to know you need to keep praying. You need to keep weeping. You need to keep having a mother's heart. You need to keep having a father's heart. And when everybody else gives up on them. And when the principal gives up on them. Amen. And when the police department gives up on them. And when dad gives up on them. Or mom gives up on them. Or uncles and aunts give up on them. You pray for that child. You keep weeping for that child. You keep asking God to deliver that child. Come on, somebody. Oh, let's praise God right now. Hallelujah. God's talking to us. <clears throat> I don't have time. I don't have time. Hey, the Bible says a bunch of kids started running towards Jesus. The disciples... Not the devil. The disciples. The disciples stopped the kids. The Bible says Jesus rebuked his disciples. He said, what are you doing? 
And let me just tell you something. You think kids these days are bad. Kids back then were really bad. No, real, like real talk. Like they didn't have hand sanitizer. They didn't have wipes. They didn't have none of that. When a kid came running your way, listen, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Had I been living in the days of Jesus and I saw a kid running towards me, I'd probably run. I mean, they were just dirty, loud, hungry. They didn't, they didn't have snacks all day. They had, they, they had all kinds of manners, just all kinds of issues. And a mob of kids starts running towards Jesus. And the disciples say, we're going to stop this. And Jesus rebukes them. He says, get out the way. Move. King James says, suffer them not. Let me tell you, it was a little bit more firm than that. He says, let the kids come. Jesus had no kids and he still had a dad heart. He said, let the kids come. The Bible says he started blessing them. He started laying hands. On those dirty little heads. He started running his fingers. Through that matted little hair. He started shedding tears. For some of them. You need to pray for your kids. And you need to pray. That nobody gets in their way. Of coming to Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Won't let anybody get in between him and the kids. But you, mother, you, father, have to pray. God, don't let anybody get in the way. And sometimes you even got to pray against church folk. I'm sorry. That's not the message that's very popular these days. But sometimes you may even have to pray against a disciple or a disciple's daughter who's trying to get a hold of your son. Praise God. And you're going to have to pray that they don't get in the way of your son coming to Jesus. And you're going to have to pray, amen, that pastor's son don't get in the way. And I don't got no son, so you know I ain't talking about me. But you, you got to pray that, pastors, that the pastor's kids, that the deacon's kids, that the board's kids, that the, that the kid raised in church his whole life don't get in the way of your child coming to Jesus. I'm preaching to you. This is in my notes. Praise God. This is, this is part of the message. Because a lot of times we, we just, we, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to have a tenacity about your children coming to Jesus. you got to have a ferociousness about the fact that my child will be saved. My child will know God. My child will read his Bible. And I'm not letting anybody get in the way. I'm not letting, because Jesus didn't let anybody get in the way. And I'm not letting anybody get in the way. Amen. I'm not letting, come on somebody. I'm not even letting a disciple get in the way. And I may have to check somebody in church, praise God, before it's all said and done. But I'm not leaving the church, hallelujah. Me and my child are fixing to be safe, stay safe, get saved. Come on somebody. Everybody may not like it. Everybody may not feel good about it, but I'm here, amen, to get a blessing from God, and I'm here to make sure my kids get a blessing from God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I close with this. I close with this. I remember several years ago, I was preaching a revival. And I, I know, I, I'm sure I've told this story here before, but there's a young boy by the name of Levi. They brought him up to me. He, lo he looked like a mess. He didn't look good. He was all skinny and scraggly and had matted hair. I could tell he had been messing with methamphetamines. 
He was about 16, 17 years old. And uh, his mom looked like she was messing with methamphetamine. She, you know, she looked rough. But she was prayed through because I saw her during church, during the praise and worship. She was running around the church speaking in tongues. But she had a son that wasn't doing good at all. And so she brought him up to the altar to have, every, to have me pray for him. And he was real, he was real hard. I, I, I just don't know how to describe it to you. He didn't make much eye contact. Kept his head tilted down. Wasn't good. His mother grabbed me by the arm. She said, this is my son Levi. He killed his brother. He was fooling around at home with a gun, and it went off. And he accidentally shot his little brother. And he can't forgive himself. And he's been hooked on drugs. Would you please pray for my son? And I looked at Levi and said, Levi, look at me. He wouldn't. I said, Levi, look at me. He finally put his head up. I said, Levi, God loves you. I said, and you still have a life to live, Levi. I said, Levi, I'm going to pray for you that God fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. And I said, Levi, do you know what the Holy Ghost is? He said, no. I said, that's when God makes your heart his home. And I said, Levi, your mother loves you. I said, together we're going to pray for you. I said, Levi, you see how your mom was running around the church right now speaking in tongues? I said, that promise is to you, Levi. Because the, I, I quoted Acts 2, 38 and 39 to him. I said, your mom, was, she's repented, she's baptized in the name of Jesus, and God made her a promise that the, that the receiving the Holy Ghost was for her and for her children, and you are her son. And Levi just, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. And I just kept talking to him. And I kept speaking life over him. I didn't, I, I didn't, I'm not, you know what? It's just time we stop letting the mountain tell us how big it is. And we start yeah. telling the mountain how big God is. Yeah. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of letting meth call the shots. I'm just tired of letting heroin call the shots. I'm just tired of letting, amen, hallelujah, years of perversion, lust, and damage call the shots. Too many times we just let people's sins just stand bold face in front of us and tell us you can't do nothing your gospel ain't real your god ain't real i beg to differ with you my god is real my god is big my god can do it my god changes my god blesses my god can transform i said levi i said if you will obey me i said god will fill you with the holy ghost amen book of hebrews says that he gives the spirit to all that obey him i'm telling you right now you want the holy ghost you just need to get a little obedient about it praise god and i told levi i said if you will obey me i said god will give you the holy ghost right now he said whatever you say man i said well then lift up your hands he lifted up his hands i said levi tell jesus you're sorry for all the sins you've ever committed he said jesus forgive me for all the sins i ever committed and i said levi tell god to forgive you amen hallelujah of shooting your brother accidentally he said god forgive me that i shot my brother he started sobbing he started weeping i said that's it i said that's it levi just keep crying just like that i said now with all your heart just start shouting hallelujah he started shouting hallelujah 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 i laid my hands on that matted hair and in just a few seconds he was speaking in other tongues as the spirit of god gave him the other oh come on somebody Oh, I'm telling you. But you know what? Yes, it was Jesus. Yes, yes, I was sensitive to God. Yes, the church sang the right songs. 
the right sermon was preached. Jesus was there. But you know what was there? Was a mother that said, I'm turning my heart towards my kid. This is my baby. He a mess. He killed my other son. But amen, he's the only son God. He's the only one I got left. And I'm going to turn my heart towards him. She could have turned her heart away from him. She could have said, you good for nothing. Look what you did. You messed everything up. That's not what she did. She turned her heart towards her son. And she said, if you're the only one I got left, you're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. I'm telling you right now, I wish somebody here would just get that kind of a conviction about their children. I wish somebody. Oh, let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, we got some kids we need to pray for right now. We have some heart turning that we need to do right now. Church. If John the Baptist were here right now, you know what he'd tell you? Fixing this is going to be as hard as filling a valley, leveling a mountain, smoothing out a road and making it straight. This is hard work. But you know what else he'd tell you? Jesus is coming soon, and that's what you're here for. That's what you're here for, to get your family together. That's all that matters. Because you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. The stuff stays here, folks. And so we got to stay focused on what matters. And everything doesn't matter. I know. It never fails. There's, there's people who say, you know what, that, that, just, that message wasn't for me. He was preaching to, to parents. Guess what? There's people here you need to be healed because you were neglected. That's what a lot of people don't catch about these types of sermons. Is that it's not just to the parents. It's to the adults that were neglected by their parents. And the same spirit that will motivate parents here today to turn their hearts towards their children is the same spirit that'll touch you and start healing you from the years that your parents turned their heart away from you. Can we lift our hands just for a few moments? We're done preaching. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, turn our hearts back towards our children.
Oh, Jesus. Don't let us give up on them. Don't let us get distracted. God, turn our hearts towards our children. Jesus, I pray for everyone right now whose parents turned their heart away from them. And I pray that they'd not be damaged beyond repair. I pray.